Hi, everyone. You're listening to episode number 30 of the Elysium Project podcast, Healing from Childhood Trauma with Chelsea Godschild. I'm your host, Ajarita Garnier. If you enjoy listening to the Elysium Project podcast, the number one thing you can do to help this movement grow is share our content with your family and friends. It's free to do so. We are also on Patreon and can be found by heading to www.elysiumproject.tv and clicking the big Patreon button at the bottom of the page. We are currently a listener-supported podcast, and for only $5 a month, you can help support this project. Once you sign up, we will mail out a personalized gratitude package right to your doorstep. And you're never locked in. You can cancel at any time. Today, I'm speaking with Chelsea Godschild about child abuse. Chelsea is a social worker, yoga instructor, and a trauma abuse survivor. She's also pretty dang funny, so I personally love how well-balanced our conversations are in this episode. Healing from past trauma is something I've mindfully been working on for the last few years now, and though it can be incredibly difficult at times, I've found that sharing trauma stories can be beautifully beneficial for healing. Chelsea is a great friend of mine and has really helped shed light on parts of my past that I otherwise wouldn't have seen. And I'm hoping that by sharing her story, this will be helpful to those that are listening as well. Trigger warning for those listening to this podcast, as we have discussions based around child abuse, rape, and sexual assault. If you would like to get in touch with Chelsea, you can find her lovely self on Instagram at chelsea.godschild. Hi, Chelsea. Welcome to the show. Thank you for coming on. <laughs> she's so weird. But that's that why is she's not weird. how Adriana normally talks. That's her radio announcer voice. That's new. Chelsea, what's up? <laughs> anyway, this is Chelsea. Yeah, I'm Chelsea. She's here now. Yeah. Um, thank you for putting up with a really weird intro. Yeah, we're sorry about that. Sorry, not sorry. Yeah, we're not sorry about that. <laughs> um, <laughs> all sorries aside, um, Chelsea is a really great friend of mine, and we wanted to talk about childhood abuse, and also I would like her to share her story so she can give us some insight on what she went through and how she's overcome it and continuing to overcome it. Does that make sense? Did I say those things right? You said those things right. Okay. Yeah. Well, round of applause for me. Yay. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, please, if you wouldn't mind um, giving us a little bit of a, you know, tidbit of who you are and oh, I thought you why we like, like you. Let's have a little applause for Chelsea. Oh, yeah. That, like, that too. <laughs> okay. We can do that too. <laughs> Okay, but for real, what do you want from me? Yeah, yeah, I want everything from you. Give me all your money. That's not a lot. Okay. Well, in that case, uh, could you please tell us about yourself? Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, I'm Chelsea. I am a social worker and a yoga instructor and a trauma abuse survivor. Yay! Yay! I'm going to hold off on the hand claps. Yeah. But I'm very glad that you're all of those things. Yeah, me too. What made you go into social work? I think having a traumatic childhood. That would do it. Yeah, yeah. I was like, this is messed up. And I want to fix it. <laughs> I'm thinking, I don't think my actual thought process was, my childhood was messed up. I want to fix it. I think it was, people's childhoods can be messed up. I want to fix it. Mm-hmm. 
And then as I got more into social work, it was like, oh my gosh, was my childhood like super messed up? And yeah, 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 it was. Right. Realizing you're like, okay, I'm going to try and fix these things. And you're like, wait, am I trying to fix myself? A little bit, yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Um, and what about yoga? What made I you get into that? started doing yoga with a roommate once upon a time because I was looking for a lazy way to exercise. <laughs> and then I started yoga, and it is not lazy. <laughs> No. Uh, but I was kind of hooked. So I kept going and going. And then, yeah, COVID happened. And I was like, I don't have a job. And a yoga training just worked out timing-wise. So I was like, okay, let's do this. Right. And yeah. now I'm, yeah, a yoga teacher and a social worker. Which works really well because it gets you in tune with your mind, body. Heart. Heart. And the soul. Oh. Did you like that little voice? That voice is so cute! Thank you, I made it myself. <laughs> I swear, we're going to get really serious, guys. So this is, we're just like doing an Oreo of like funny and then like, holy shit, that's messed up. And then holy funny. I mean, I don't know if that's It might be, be like funny, a, a blended Oreo. It's probably going to be, like, yeah. Like you put funny, it in that's the, messed up. Funny, that's blender. messed up. Yeah, it's going to be a blender Oreo. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> um, getting back to questions. When did you first start questioning your childhood? In in junior high, up until the age of now. Okay. I'm 28. Uh, it's kind of been like a process and realizing things in layers. And I'm sure in a couple of years I'll like realize something else and be like, oh my gosh, I need therapy. Because <laughs> that's how it happens, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, in junior high, I was participating in some sort of training for working with children. And one of the things they train you on is recognizing signs and symptoms of abuse. Various kinds of abuse. Like, some of the signs of physical abuse look different than sexual. Like, if you're emotional abused, you're not going to have suspicious bruises from being hit. Right. But then there's all the emotional things that go with all forms of abuse. Mm-hmm. And I looked at the list and was like, huh, that suspiciously describes me. <laughs> and then went on with my life. Because when you're in an abusive situation, your body and your mind protect you through many ways. Uh, really strong in me was denial and repression and just plain old ignorance, I guess. Okay. Yeah, your mind and body were like, no, she's not ready. We can't tell her what's going on. And then all of a sudden it's like, actually, she's 25 now. It's time to tell her. Right. And then it's just like a volcano eruption of holy craps. Yeah. So when I was like 21, I was dating a guy and he met my family and he's like, you know, this doesn't seem super healthy. Like you're not allowed to have your own thoughts or opinions. And I was like, oh, haha, that's just family. Because once again, when you're in the situation, you're going to tell yourself whatever lies you need to, to survive. Mm -hmm. And then... When I was 22, 
I was working as a teacher and one of my coworkers has a kid and just casually mentioned that she's teaching her kid to have rights to her own body by like, no, honey, you don't have to hug Aunt Ruth. No, you don't have to kiss Aunt Ruth and standing up for her daughter's bodily autonomy. And in my head, I was like, wait, am I supposed to have rights to my own body? You mean people can't touch me without my permission? And that was a mind-blowing thought. It was like the first time I had ever heard that or learned that. Wow. Because, fun fact, something that sexual abuse survivors may lack is that knowledge and awareness that they are the ones who get a say in their body and who touches it. you're, You're allowed to say no. Yeah. Apparently. Yes, very much so. Wow. And if someone does not, I want to say punch them in the face, but that's not entirely appropriate either. Yeah, especially if you're, like, not big enough to punch someone in the face. Yeah. You know, if you're, like, But definitely, like... But regardless. Dismiss that person from your life. Yeah, let's try our best to not get into situations where we have to punch someone in the face. Well, it's really them that's putting you in the situation. Yeah, run. Get help. Run, get help, use violence if necessary... I don't know what situations you're in. Hopefully nothing where violence is required. Hopefully we're all in nice, nice, healthy relationships. Yeah, and hopefully you can also have that safe person that you'd be like, yo, I'm not feeling really good about this situation or person. Can you please come and help me? Right? But if you don't, that's where it's like, oh, crap. Yeah. So at that time in my life, I didn't know enough to really, I didn't cognitively know enough to be like, This is messed up. They should not be touching me like that. Right. My gut knew, and my body has that knowledge stored in it, but was not ready to share it with me at that point. Okay, so having said that, have you had, like, physical manifestations come up where you're like, whoa, this is clearly from this time, or whichever or even when you were younger did you have certain signs that your body was holding on to trauma looking back on my life i have memories of throwing up this one time and it's a very pc memory it's like flashes imagine you're watching tv and someone's kind of having a mental breakdown and they're like just flashing images and then going back and reflashing some things and then flashing forward and flashing back. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like that. That's what this memory is. And I come around the corner into the kitchen and I just throw up. And my mom decided that I was allergic to the thing that I had eaten. But looking back, I've eaten that thing many times and I've never reacted. So there is the possibility that allergies change throughout your life but I kind of think that was a trauma thing and that there was a fight between my parents going on in the kitchen and the only way my little five-year-old body knew to make it stop was to throw up Hmm. it worked they stopped fighting actually I don't remember but I, I remember my mom coming towards me And I presume the fighting stopped, but the memory is me coming around the corner, throwing up, and my mom walking towards me. Wow. And she was like, oh, it must be the food. Yeah. Especially because the parents at the time 
obviously were so unaware of what was going on in the first place that of course it wouldn't be something emotional right yeah even now if i'm like yeah i'm sick it's a trauma thing they're like oh that's not a thing that happens like "Mm, yeah it is i had some pretty intense stomach issues for a year or two in my 20s and the doctors ran all sorts of tests and they're like there's nothing wrong with you i'm like you know that's not correct you know there's something wrong with me as evidenced by my stomach not working and Mm -hmm. me getting sick when i drink water or have toast with butter and they're like oh it must just be some sort of autoimmune gastro something something or other perfect yeah that's trauma yep and the doctors were like no it can't be trauma like oh doctors that's cute yeah they're like trauma well did someone stab you in the stomach no all right you're fine then don't worry about it go home now yeah like all my social work training and all of my abuse research it's trauma I have no doubt that my stomach problems were because of trauma. Mm-hmm. That's just how it displays sometimes. Um, Especially when you're in that fight or flight situation when you're like, oh, or freeze. Yeah. And, and you're at like, that, oh no. So at that time in my life, uh, I think I was like 24 to 26, my mid-20s, uh, a whole bunch of stuff with my family started going down. And I was stressed out of my mind. Also, my body had been safe for long enough and I had been slowly realizing traumas that it was physically manifesting as well as I was actively working on things as my family situation was blowing up and all the family secrets started coming out and then brain was like I guess we can't deny this anymore your childhood was fucked up well and I was like yeah Yes, it was, as evidenced by my brain and my body and my trauma responses to being alive. So was that when you realized that you were not just in an unhealthy family, but an abusive one? Or was it long before then? Probably around that time. Maybe earlier, but probably around then. Wow. Yeah. So I had a job where I was supervising visits with children who are in foster care and their families, the ones that they've been removed from. And I remember going into a handful of homes and leaving and being like, wow, that resembled my childhood. (laughs) Kind of makes it really hard to deny that you had a messed up childhood after going into a house where the kids are not allowed to be with their parents right because they're being abused and that place feels like home Ugh. yeah that was pretty undeniable evidence that it was bad 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 that must have been so uncomfortable because also it's like you can't exactly just leave but it must have just been like a holy crap moment like this is this is a real thing yeah it was It was kind of a horrifying moment to realize that this abusive family felt like home. Gosh. And also hard for me at that time was that I wasn't, I called my supervisor. I was like, hey, so this is like abusive. And she's like, yeah, it is. You just kind of got to stick it out and like watch this kid get abused a little bit so that we can document 
so that the kid can be permanently removed. Because when a kid is initially removed, it's temporary, allegedly. And then once enough case is built, then they can go for permanent removal and the kid can get placed with a more permanent family. So they're like, witness enough of this, document enough that we can build a case, but not so much that you think the kid is going to get super messed up more than they already are. Right. So that was also hard. Ugh. Because I have a strong desire to protect kids from that because mm-hmm. I'm a grown-up and I'm like living evidence of how terrible things can be. You're like, come on, let's go. Come like, with me. Let's run. Come, kid. <laughs> You're like, we Wait. don't need to be alive for this. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, um, so around that time, were there signs of trauma that you were seeing in your day-to-day life? And did you have ways that you were able to work on them? Yes. I felt super traumatized. I felt like I was broken, beyond repair. I couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. I had no hope for healing. I was anxious about everything like things that don't require any anxiety or worry or really thought Mm -hmm. I was worried about whether or not I should cut my nails for like two weeks because they got so long and they looked so fancy and I was like oh they're so pretty I want to keep them and then I was like oh no I don't want to seem too fancy at my job working with abused people and their families like that's inappropriate and it was legitimately so anxiety inducing that I couldn't act wow and it's cutting my freaking nails but also you were like told what you could and couldn't do when you were a kid like and to the point where it was just not healthy can you tell us a little bit about that yeah so I want to be clear some of the things in and of themselves that I might say are not abusive but there's a way to go about these things that is mm-hmm. um I have naturally oily hair and I was forced to shower every day. I was berated for not wanting to shower, for not showering. Um, I'm a hairy person and I hate shaving. So I was berated for being hairy and criticized for not shaving often enough. To meet someone else's standards. Yeah, to meet someone else's standards when I just genuinely don't care. Yeah, you don't care about it. It's not actually affecting someone else. For a reason. Yeah, if someone's like, hey, remember the front step? It's it's growing hair again, and people are having a hard time walking through the door. Do you mind shaving it? Different. Maybe, if that was a thing. More more like snow on the front porch than hair. Exactly. Yes. Like, where are you going with this? Why is the front porch Welcome buried? to uh, ADD brain as well. So bear with me. But thank you for clarifying because people are probably like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's like, it really isn't going to affect them if you don't shave. And also, if it, like, it, it's your body. It's my body. I get to decide to shave or not shave. Right. I but get it... to decide how often I shower. Now, yes, parents, teach your kids good hygiene mm-hmm. in a healthy way you know be like hey you're a teenager now and what comes with that is hormones you're gonna be sweating more there's changes to your like hair and your skin perhaps you need to shower more than twice a week Mm -hmm. maybe every other day 
maybe every day instead of you know ridiculing your kid for having oily hair and body hair because those are natural and normal things beyond the kid's control Mm -hmm. I remember when I moved out of my mom's house being so excited about not shaving or not plucking my eyebrows like it was such a freeing thing for me to be able to have natural eyebrows and not have to shave so often and like even to this day I'm like excited about not shaving you also got great eyebrows if I had your eyebrows I would not do a thing to mine yeah it was (laughs) I was a teenager in the early 2000s where like stick thin eyebrows was the thing and I have naturally beautiful eyebrows for the style right now yeah which is like nice yeah thank goodness you didn't mess that up like someone I personally know like yourself yeah 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 I kind of know myself but you know yeah um which also yeah comes back to the whole like anxiety around having to cut your nails it's like oh gosh like what else is like what is someone else gonna think about my choice to grow my nails to have normal fingernails like it's but that was just a really yeah difficult Uh, thing for you doing regular tasks like going grocery shopping uh going to school going to work was like anxiety inducing uh cooking food anxiety inducing existing anxiety inducing i went to the doctor so many times i'm like hey my heart rate is off the charts Mm -hmm. and they looked at it and they're like no you're fine and i felt like i was going for a run always like that's how intense my heart was beating regularly while I was laying on the couch so that was definitely a big sign of trauma Uh, there was the stomach issues I couldn't handle being touched in any way like not even a hug or like a pat on the back or I would probably freak out if someone tried to touch my back or my arm but I love hugs also because like if someone's gonna hug you I guess you can kind of see that it's coming but it what so is it from like behind is it oh do not approach me from behind okay take note guys (laughs) do not give her hugs from behind no pats on the back right don't touch my shoulder don't do it well first of all just don't generally touch strangers right yeah maybe don't touch people for no reason without their consent yeah period yeah (laughs) uh oh I started dating this guy while I was like pretty traumatized Mm -hmm. and he just would not keep his hands to himself I'd be like hey don't touch me like that and then he would touch me like that like hey I don't want to cuddle today and then he would cuddle me no yeah that's a problem yeah that's a problem something we worked on in therapy was having feeling that I have the rights to my own body and so I was dating him while I was trying to work out that I had rights to my own body and he kept touching me so that was really counterintuitive counterproductive brain rewiring Mm -hmm. especially because he agreed and I asked him I asked him to and he agreed to ask every time before touching me just to reinforce that I have rights to my body he did not and I broke up with him Good. And I'm so glad. Me too. It's just, it's crazy. 
Yeah. And just a little side note, which is why I'm like, porn is just such a messy thing for not, not to say that that yeah. is what programmed him, but like it overflows into everything. If you're not mindful of it, like just yeah. the fact that, okay, like, no, we're supposed to cater to the man and make sure that they're good versus being like, okay, no means no. Like all these like weird also, role play things in porn where it's like consent dude. is more than no means no. It's actually yes means yes. Asking. Yeah. Having a conversation about it before it even gets physical because. Yeah. Porn does not display consent. No. People like look at each other all seductively and then get at it. And yeah. I'm like, where did anybody ask anything? It's There's crazy. like no verbal communication. There's no nothing. Yeah. It's like, Porn oh, you looked at my not. lips. You must want. The D. You want somebody else there? Yeah, that's... <laughs> yeah, no. Um, Anyways, what were we talking about? Before porn. Um, just the signs of trauma, signs how you're working on it. Um, okay, I have a couple more that I wrote down on my list of signs of trauma. Okay. Um, one, I was hypervigilant which is just overly aware of your surroundings. I would hear any noise and, like, freak out. Um, Literally any noise? Well, like, within – not within reason. <laughs> I could be going for a walk in the park, and I could hear someone walking behind me, and my first reaction was panic, and, oh, my gosh, this person is going to kidnap me and rape me and beat me to death. Yeah, that's pretty bad. Not a normal reaction to have. While walking in the park. Yeah, like, cool, I'm going to go get my groceries. Oh, turns out I'm going to die today. That's yeah. awful. That's an awful way to live life. Yeah. And you know how houses just kind of make noise? Yeah, it's terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe get that looked at. I would hear any sort of, like, normal house noise. And I'd be like, oh, my gosh, they found me. They're in my house. They're going to get me and rape me and beat me to death. God. To, like, the floor creaking. Or, like, I don't know, whatever weird house noises. Yeah, that's... Yeah. Also, I had night terrors. I would just wake up screaming. Right. Night terrors are different than nightmares. Yes. Can you tell us the difference? Please? Yes, yes, yes. A nightmare is a scary dream. A night terror, it can be like a flashback. You probably wake up screaming or you like don't wake up. When I woke up from a night terror... It was often my own screaming that woke me up. Wow. And I could not relax after that. I could not calm down. I could not sleep. Hmm. It was bad. Were you living alone? No, I had roommates. What did they think of that? Uh, the Yeah, he was pretty freaked out. Like, super freaked out about the screaming. And then I explained him, like, oh... I have night terrors. I thought I was done with this, but apparently I'm not. That would be very freaky. Not yeah. knowing what's going on and you just hear your roommate screaming. Yeah. So sometimes I would wake up just screaming and other times I would wake up yelling, like calling out like, who's there? Who's there? And I found mm -hmm. it a lot easier to calm down when he answered me. He's like, oh, it's just me. Then I'd be like, oh. It's not a rapist murderer. It's my roommate. He's okay. I can live with him. This is my house. I know him. I love you. 
there's a little inside joke to that one. <laughs> should probably tell it now. But uh, basically, <clears throat> I mean, yeah, I'll have to. Yeah, let's we'll, tell it. We'll just we'll just tr- try and short story it. Um. Anyways, Chelsea and I, we are friendmates, roommates. We live together. First night, I'm like, okay, cool. I'm gonna I'm gonna actually like grab some extra plants. I just want some more plants in my room. And I come upstairs. She didn't tell me, like, really that she was going to be sleeping on the sofa. And I, you know, also trauma brain being like, okay, I walk past the knives. And I just like, I noticed that the knives are on the wall because that's where we put them. <laughs> and she's on the sofa. And I just guess I made too much of a sound while grabbing my plant. And she looks over and she, like, bounces up. P.S. I have no recollection of the majority of this story. Yeah, this is, like, nothing. <laughs> Yeah. She was really freaked out the next day, and I remember her being really freaked out when I ran into her the next day. And I was like, oh, haha, yeah, last night was funny. I slept on the couch. Yeah. But here's here's the full version of what happened. Why doesn't she think it was funny? Because I kind of planted little hints of the night before, but, like, nothing. And I'm like, okay, well, whatever. And I like, look over, and she, like, sits up, and her eyes are beet red, and she's like, do I know you? this my house (laughs) i'm like with the plant in my hand bent over and i'm like i don't know if i should move fast or slow like do Do i I have to worry do i grab a knife what's happening is she sleep talking is she gonna start sleepwalking do i wake her up i don't think that's a good thing also there's knives right there like this could go (laughs) really terribly i'm just like yes (laughs) i'm your roommate you know me maybe because I don't have hair, you think you don't know me. Ha 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 ha. <laughs> also, yes, this is your house. And she continues to sit up some more. And she's like, okay, I'm safe. Well, that was weird. I'm going to go to my bed bed now. And so off she goes and goes to her bed. Yeah. Yeah. And that was that and i'm like okay cool i guess i'm not sleeping for like four days which is pretty much what happened because i was so scared that that was gonna happen again. turns out yeah she had no idea all no. she yep i remember wait i remember saying well that was weird i'm gonna go to my bed bed now <laughs> and yes i call it a bed bed mm, another thing to get into yep i know so i went to therapy because I was super traumatized, which if you think you're traumatized or if you're just like struggling in life, please go to therapy, shop around, find a therapist that you get along with and mm-hmm. that you like, mm-hmm. and then do that up. So I was in counseling, telling her about my night terrors and how I'm not sleeping and how I'm afraid of sleeping. I would lay in bed on my phone for hours because I was afraid to go to sleep. Mm-hmm. And so we talked, she's like, yeah, you're afraid of fear, which makes sense. She's like, so we're going to work on building safety into your life. Hmm. And I was like, okay, well, first of all, you already know that safety is a foreign concept to me, but cool. Let's put safety into my life. Whatever that means. (laughs) (laughs) And she's like, what change can you make in your bedroom to make it feel safer? And my immediate reaction was get rid of the bed so I turned to her I'm like you want me to get rid of my bed (laughs) she's like well is that what your brain said and I'm like yeah 
It's like, yeah, get rid of your bed. Uh. <laughs> She's like, well, replace it with something. Like, you're going to sleep somewhere. And then my next thought was a day bed. Mm-hmm. A beautiful wicker, rattan, bamboo day bed. The most perfect one was at Anthropology, but I am a broke student slash <laughs> lightly employed, so that was out of the question. So, yeah, I got rid of my bed, built a day bed to sleep in, mm-hmm. and I wasn't afraid to sleep in the day bed. That's so crazy. Yeah. Like crazy good. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. She told me stories of other clients she had who would sleep in the closet or sleep in a pile of teddy bears. Some people Hmm. would put a chair in front of their door. And she said to me, logic doesn't matter here. It just has, like, it it makes sense, but it's not logical. Mm -hmm. I got rid of my bed and slept in a day bed. If I put my mattress on the floor, I wasn't afraid to sleep. Hmm. Yeah. Putting it in a day bed, still not afraid to sleep because my brain didn't register it as a bed. Interesting. Yeah. Then we also talked about how to cope right after a night terror. And she told me to get out of bed and go somewhere in the house that I feel safe. Which at the time I felt safest on the couch in the living room. So I went to the couch and she said analyze my dreams thematically not based on the actual symbols in the dream because of how trauma maps onto a child's brain as to opposed to an adult's brain if you're traumatized as an adult your nightmares and your night terrors may actually be about the trauma Hmm. but since i was a kid my night terrors were thematically about traumatic things so i'd go to the couch analyze my dreams and then watch a couple episodes of a sitcom Mm -hmm. until I was ready to go back to bed. And then I had to fully put myself back to bed. So I had to have like a bedtime snack. I had to wash my face, brush my teeth, the whole Mm -hmm. getting ready for bed ordeal, Mm -hmm. and then get back into bed. And it worked. It really worked. Uh, Recently, what, maybe like four months ago, Mm -hmm. I woke up in my day bed one day and I was like, I think I'm ready to sleep in a bed bed, in a real bed. And then I went out and bought a bed, and I'm not afraid of sleeping in it anymore. Wow. And I don't have night terrors. I haven't had night terrors in a year. Holy. Yeah. That is. And I enjoy spending be, time in bed. It must be nice to be able to sleep. Right. <laughs> like, I'm not afraid of going to bed anymore. I get up in the middle of the night, I'm like, oh, I have to use the washroom. Like, that is, that, that's too much even. Mm-hmm. Never mind, like, waking up and yelling and being like, oh, gosh. Someone's going to murder me. Yeah. Well, someone's going to kidnap me, rape me, murder me. Yeah. Wowza. Would you mind touching base on abuse disclosures? Yes. How to and how not to respond? First of all, believe the person. Believe that they were abused. Believe that the terrible thing happened. Also, the person might not come to you and be like, hey, so I was abused. That's typically not, especially if you're one of the first disclosures. They might be Mm -hmm. like, hey, this like weird thing happened and I'm not sure if I'm okay with it. And then they would describe an abusive thing to you. Mm -hmm. So number one, believe them. Secondly, 
don't ask questions, which is very counterintuitive. If you're talking to a child, asking questions because you're not trained to can muck with the child welfare people who are going to go investigate. Mm. It mucks with the investigation if you ask questions. Hmm. If you're dealing with an adult, one, it's really annoying, and two, that person doesn't owe you any more information than they have already given you. Mm -hmm. And it could re-traumatize them to discuss things in more detail than they've already shared. Yeah. And you do not want to re-traumatize someone. It's bad enough that they were traumatized once. Don't make things worse. Mm -hmm. Also, show empathy. Show genuine concern for that person. Hey, I'm sorry that happened to you. That sounds really horrible. Mm -hmm. Not, um, are you sure though? I'm pretty sure your parents or so-and-so wouldn't do that to you. Like, that's pretty messed up. Yeah. Eh. That's a wrong answer. Okay. Don't noted. say stuff like that. Okay, I won't. Yeah. Okay. It invalidates their experience. It causes them to doubt their experience. It just makes things worse. Yeah, just Don't hold space for the individual and be like, I'm here to listen. Yeah. It's okay. You can tell me as much as you want to or don't want to. Right? Some helpful things to say. Thank you for sharing this. You're safe with me. Only say that if they are safe with you. Mm -hmm. Tell them that you believe them. Hey, you can share as much or as little as you want me to. Mm -hmm. That came out weird. You can share as much or as little as you want to. I heard you. Yeah. I added a weird word in there. That's okay. Yeah. That happens sometimes. It happens. <laughs> Just slip in random words. It's fine. <laughs> totally fine. Uh, do not pressure them into pressing charges. Mm. They will press charges if they want to. But going through a criminal proceeding is a traumatic experience. And if you've been abused or assaulted, a re-traumatizing experience. Also, if it's sexual abuse and you report it, they need to collect evidence from your person so that they can build a case. And the process right. of them collecting that is really scary. So don't pressure them into filing a lawsuit or charges or whatever it's called. Just listen to what they have to say. Show concern for the person. Show gratefulness that they are either out of that situation or ask them, like, are you ready to leave the person who did this to you? Because mm -hmm. it's most likely someone they know. Okay. Mm, did I miss anything? Believe them. Don't ask questions. Empathy. Yeah, that's the basics. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing all of that. That is... I wish we had more time, but again, this is why we do episodes. And I would like to do several more with you because you just have so much knowledge in your traumatized brain and I want people to see it and hear it and be like yo that makes so much sense like yeah. at your own at their own pace of course yeah. um but yeah we can go on and on about this stuff for hours and we yeah, have we really and we do and yeah. we'll probably continue after this because I've even had some like oh my gosh what that's when like I'm having moments here so mm -hmm. um but yeah in the description of the podcast i'm going to put down chelsea's instagram profile and you guys can message her there there's also yoga classes 
that she has available as well. So if you guys want to partake in that, uh, she's awesome. Otherwise, we will have you again yes. hopefully soon. Like maybe next week would be really awesome. Please have me back. I love talking about this. If anything I share helps someone heal or recover or get out of an abusive situation, that makes me so happy. Yeah, it's huge. So I'm happy to come back. I'm happy for anyone to reach out to me on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just happy. Chelsea's a very safe person. And I, I like that. <laughs> you guys probably will too. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, well, thank you so much. Thank y'all. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. <laughs> thank you for listening to the show today remember if you like what you heard the number one thing you can do to help support this vision is share this episode with your friends and family and as always if you want to we really appreciate any and all of you who support us on patreon by heading to www.elysiumproject.tv and clicking the patreon button at the bottom of the page thanks again and we'll see you next time